Hello, welcome to the Full Stack Beauty Podcast, where we dive into beauty, tech, mom life, and more. I'm your co-host, Sarah, here with Sabrina. Today's a special episode as we welcome our inaugural guest, Joan Wen. Joan is not just a business icon, but a provisionary in professional and personal life as a working mom. She's the driving force behind Bumo, an innovative platform that's transforming how parents balance their careers and family life. Before we dive in, let's have a quick catch up. Sarah, happy new year. How was your winter break? Happy new year. Um, It was great. We took a kind of last minute trip to Hawaii. So we were there for two weeks. Um, It's my first time to the island of Oahu. And uh, so we celebrated Christmas there. And it's actually, it's actually very lovely to celebrate Christmas in Hawaii because it's quite festive. You wouldn't think that. But there's decorations everywhere and people like really get into the holiday spirit and something about like the island vibe and like the jovialness of like the holidays, it it, uh, blends really nicely together. And um, so it was me, my husband, our daughter, and Mm -hmm. also then for the second half of the trip, uh, his uh, mother who lives in Korea and um, uh, brother also joined us. So it was like a nice, turned out to be a nice family holiday. Cool. Were there like Christmas markets and the whole the whole spiel, like the the Christmas feel in Hawaii? Yes, and there was this thing called um, City Lights, where okay. um, there were all of these like really cool light installations and um, decorations, and they had a little bit of like um, a food truck area. And mm-hmm. I have to say, the food that we had that night um, was. Uh, one of the best meals I had in Hawaii. Like everything was so delicious. So definitely would do it again. Although I think that time is one of the most expensive times that you can go to Hawaii. So um, we definitely paid for it. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, How was yours? Um, Mine was was pretty festive as well. I went the other direction. Uh, I went to see my brother who lives in Basel. Um, yes, I have a brother in Switzerland. I know it's kind of fun to say. Yes, it sounds super <laughs> glamorous. It's also like a great part, a line for Clear for Me, because we're a neutral platform. So I always say, you know, we are the Switzerland of ingredients. And I um, know because my brother lives there. Exactly. <laughs> I can get away with that. Um, and it's, you know, it's not just saying that. But no, I had a great time. It was fun. It was my brother um, and my, I have two brothers. So both of them and us and my family got together. So it was the three siblings and all of our kids and all the shenanigans that go with that. Lots of fun too. We did some cool Christmas markets in, in Basel. And then we went to a, a ski town a couple hours away from there in France uh, called Chamonix. Hmm. And it was great. I think what was cool about being in a Christmas in a ski town during Christmas is that it's open. So it doesn't shut down on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And so especially if you're traveling, it's a lot of fun with family because you can just be out and about. You don't have to be like cooped up at home. We, you know, it was a great trip. But I did have some funny, crazy things that happened. Uh, we had a little stomach bug that went around the whole oh, no. family. Not everyone, but like maybe like 30% of the house. <gasps> and it was over like a three-course day. And it was just like, you just you don't know when it's going to hit. But it was just like a quick 24-hour bug. And a third of us got it. And it just was uh, gross. But whatever. What are you yeah, going to do, right? Yeah. Kind of like what happens. Um and then the best part was I we had a nanny that was helping us. And on her on our last day, I was like, hey, why don't you go ski and mm-hmm. I'll, you know, you come beat us up later and take like the whole morning or afternoon and then come back later. And then literally at like 
12 p.m. I get a text and it's she's like, I injured myself. I'm getting choppered. I will text you when I get settled. And I was just like, OMG. It was kind of this nightmare. Yes. Um, she's fine. She did dislocate her shoulder. Oh, no. And um, it was kind of a whole deal. So it kind of was just like a crazy trip back home where we all were a little bit sick. And then I had a nanny who was just like, a one, you know, she just had one functioning arm. And so I was basically coming home with like four kids instead of my normal three. Yeah. I, um, that's my nightmare to get, it was <laughs> to get injured, um, in a different country. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of leg injuries, uh, one of our team members, Diana, um, was visiting her daughter, um, in New York and she slipped on in the subway and <gasps> she like shattered her ankle in so many ways that I, like she can't, her, the doctor's like, you can't be on your foot for like two, three months. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She just That's had to so come painful. into the office and she had, she was like on a little scooter thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for her. Like not to have huh. mobility. Yeah. I mean, I feel for my nanny too. Cause like, it just sucks like to get injured. And then of course, well, you know, where you're traveling a hundred percent, like when you're not home and you can't be home right away, but yeah. She's on, she's on the mend already. She's pretty much like, then you know, she took two weeks and she's good. And just in time for us to have our first ever guest on the podcast. So we're stoked. Can you believe it, Sarah? Um, I cannot. I'm super excited. Um, when I met Joan, I immediately wanted to get to know her more and then kind of learning more about her business. And I think it's so topical for us on the podcast. Um, it's an amazing resource for working moms and um, it's a technology platform. So it's connected on so many levels. So I'm stoked. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome to Full Stack Joan. It's so great to have you. Um, you are our first guest. And so um, we'll be making some mistakes along the way, but thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> We're so stoked to have you, Joan. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. I mean, I just learned that I was your first guest a moment ago, and I'm so honored and excited. Um, so thanks, guys, for having me here today. Um, no, we're so excited that you're here. Um, I met you, um, I don't know if you remember, in your backyard. I was invited yes. to a party and I didn't, I, I did, I knew of Pumo, but um, I didn't know all of its capabilities. And um, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, um, Joe knows everyone and she's such a connector. I've been to your backyard, I think, a couple more times since then. Um, you And you throw the most amazing um, get togethers. Oh, Next thank time. you. That was a very cold night. Super cold. <laughs> I remember. It was, it Next was time I'm, L I'm in LA, I'm going to be like, hey, Joan, Sarah gave me your address. <laughs> yeah, come by. I throw great parties. That's what I'm known for. Next to Bumo, but great parties, definitely. <laughs> so, speaking of Bumo, can you give us, um, um, you know, just maybe just even like some background about yourself and how you started the company? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, Bumo's a, a quite the windy journey. So I think for anybody listening who needs to hear about lots of pivots and lots of moves, I think Bumo is definitely um, a story worth telling. Uh, so Bumo, actually, the idea started, um, you know, a few years ago, 2018. My son was just three months old, so six years ago. I remember um, Chriselle, my co-founder, I had this idea for a co-working space with on-site childcare. My son was three months old. 
my daughter was, you know, barely over a year. And here I was with another company and really struggling as a mom and as a founder, as an entrepreneur, and really just wanted to find something new, right? Mm -hmm. I felt like I had been not stuck, but I was doing the same thing for so, so long. And I just like, and I didn't even know that I wanted something new until I sat there. I remember Chriselle had this great idea. She was telling me this idea. And I really started off as, you know, Bumo's almost like consultant slash free intern, right? unpaid intern. And so um, she, you know, had this great idea. I was excited. I was giving her advice. I was emailing her all the time. And then finally, um, I was probably so annoying that she was like, do you just want to join this company and be part of this company? <laughs> and I was like, uh, sure, that's that's great. I'll, I'll do anything. Um, so we started building and then eventually I became so obsessed with it that she um, actually invited me to become the co-founder and the CEO of the company, which was really exciting. Uh, so we off we went, right? We were off to the races, 2019. We raised some capital and we were supposed to open a co-working space with on-site childcare March of 2020. Wow. And so, yeah. yeah, what a what a great time, right? To open a brick and mortar. Yeah. Um, so, of with course, like we were in, kids. We, yeah. with kids, with two like little kids, like under, I think, two and a half at that time. Um, and, you know, we were in complete denial too, right? When COVID happened, we we're like, oh, yeah, we'll delay. I'll tell the contractors we're delayed two, three weeks, maybe. It's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, we realized it's not going to be okay. And we've got to figure things out. And so I remember I was there with my daughter. She was like two, no, three and a half, I think. Um, and uh, she was in an online class and putting stickers all over her face. And I was like, okay, well, either we die as a company because we have to pay contractors and now we can't pay them because we have no stream of revenue or we pivot and we think of something else. And so I was struggling as a parent with a kid in Zoom classes. And I was like, we could do this so much better. Mm -hmm. So in 11 days, we launched um, Bumo Brain, a virtual school online. And long story short, we um, basically taught kids in over 30 countries under six years old, had 100,000 classes booked um, throughout wow. the pandemic, still opened the physical space um, June of 2021. Um, and what happened then was we opened the space. It was really exciting. Uh, and we had no more spots for people, right? It was full um, almost immediately. Wow. And yeah. And so so then it was like, okay, great. We, we, we created this huge community, right? Parents trust us from now all over the world, right? To support them during these tough times. We have this like co-working space that we launched and we don't have any spots for parents, but everybody knows about us and needs childcare. And so, you know, the end of 2021, I remember Chriselle drove down and it was a Saturday morning. We were just sitting there and thinking about what can we do that's bigger, right? Mm -hmm. How can we support working parents in a more meaningful way aside from this like singular like brick and mortar play? Um, and so what I thought about as I was, you know, operating Boomo was like, oh my gosh, like we're full, but we're not full because kids are sick every day. They're like out of town. Grandparents are in town and picking them up early or they're moving out of state and now we have an enrollment gap, right? And so what we started doing was basically putting slots online. Um, and that was what sort of planted the seed of this must be a problem that every single 
um, daycare and preschool faces. And um, we can help them by building technology so that they can take this merchandise, these slots, and put them online. So that's how we created our marketplace, uh, which is instantly bookable, on-demand vetted childcare um, that you could book by the half day or the full day. Sorry, that was a really long explanation. So. No, no. It makes that so much sense. One. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say um, I, I have so many thoughts, but one is um, you're so brave. Um, one, because you started this company when your kids were so young, but also that you had two kids under like one and a half, which is <laughs> <laughs> kind of mind boggling. Yeah, crazy. But I love it. You're like, I can, I can do it. Mind over matter. Um, and I love that you created this company really from your need. So you understand the customer because you are the customer. And I, and I truly feel like this is, this is like a, a business that truly a mom needed to, to start. And it's sort Absolutely. of like, mm-hmm. it's like similar to like Sabrina's story of like, it came from her own personal need. And yeah. So I love that. Actually, I was just going to add this. Like, it's so funny. You said the use case of like, you know, grandparents or the kids are sick or grandparents are in town. I'm actually, you know, we all had a long weekend last weekend and somehow, mm-hmm. you know, you think you enter your, you put your kids in school. So they're going to be in school all the time, but there's always like today I have a teacher planning day. And I just like remembered yesterday that it is a teacher planning day. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with three kids at home? We're filming podcasts. I have a full work day. So I feel like <laughs> this, this pop, there's always something with kids in the mix, whether it's one or more. And it's, it's, it's genius and it's so needed. And it's crazy that there's not like Bumo, like it's crazy that it's just start, it's just happening now. And so I'm excited. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's such a need, um, for every mom that I know. So that's everyone. Oh, thank you. I mean, there's like so much delusion, right. I feel out there. Um, I actually just got an email from somebody, um, we're trying to work with employers now, um, to position, position childcare as a benefit. Um, and you know, I think the reason that, and that it's starting all now and, and to Sarah's point, you know, a mom really did have to start this because this is a problem that everybody faces. If you have a child, you have gaps in childcare, right? Yeah. You will need coverage. I mean, the school's out of, you know, you're working more weeks than school is in session, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nannies get sick. Nanny needs, nannies need to go out of town. Grandparents go on vacation, right? Um, so there are all these gaps, but what happens is there's like this, again, childcare delusion because the the person who is most impacted by childcare is is the working mom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it should be, you know, pretty equal both ways, but that's just the way it is right now. We have to accept that's the way it is right now because we have to understand that to change it, right? Um, but then the HR leaders, um, the folks who are the policymakers, they're all dads or men, right? And so oftentimes what happens is, I just got an email actually this morning. I was like, mind blown. You know, we there's a big hospital. We're talking to them about childcare as a benefit. Um, and it's a fleet of um, a couple hundred doctors. And I followed up with them. I said, so what do you think? And they said, oh, I followed up with everybody. They said they have lots of coverage. They have a lot of family. They're all taken care of. Lucky them. I was like, that is impossible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all of us as working parents, you know that's impossible. Yeah. How is it possible that Even you have 100% you do, you coverage? Don't. No, you don't. Never. That's not no. possible. It's, cra- it's crazy. So so I think that to your point too, I mean, yes, we definitely need it. It's barely happening now. We're excited that 
we are able to be part of this journey to help working parents. And again, to Sarah's point, yes, a working a, a working mom had to start this because we feel it, you know, in our core, like every day. Who is a person figuring out childcare when your childcare falls through? Right. Most often, it's a working mom. And when we look at our account creations, we have you know thousands of users. Almost all of them are moms, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I, um, uh, I wanted to say that um, that uh, Landing is a participant in the Bumo Corporate Program, and it's really yes! exciting. Yes! <laughs> and um, you know what I love about it is that it it brings up the conversation of like childcare is important. Childcare is something that we should talk about. It's not, you know, we talk about work-life balance, but this, you know, in the workplace, we really don't. Um, provide resources to help people balance. And I love that Mm -hmm. we can say, hey, we know that, you know, you have another part of your life um, and we're going to support you in, you know, in the ways that we can. And so we're super Mm -hmm. excited to share that with our employees. Yeah, no, I'm excited that we're partnering with Landing just because, you know, we're offering this sort of like end-to-end, right, childcare benefit, working with parents who are new parents, parents who have school-age kids who need summer camps or parents of older kids who need maybe college admissions help or like tutoring. So we're really excited to be part of that. So thank you, Sarah. And thank you to your team at Landing for being a part of that. And, you know, that's just the beginning, right? Um, You know, we're hoping that we're able to, of course, work with more um, partners in order to make this more accessible for working parents because childcare is really expensive. Um, so corporate leaders like you are definitely um, setting the the pathway, right, for this change. So thank you. No, I love it. Sabrina, were you going to say something? No, I was just uh, kind of curious. Like I, I love like the fact it's, I think it's really inspiring too, when you're able to work on something and it has impact to your own life and to like the people that you care about, which are other moms mm-hmm. because you experience it. But I was just curious, um, what made you kind of be, what was the first thing that prompted just even before Bumo or before, like, what made you say, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. Why not go work with someone else? Like, what was the call for you? Was this, mm-hmm. was this your first startup? Like how, what, what was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start something on my own and be an entrepreneur. Oh boy. Um, man, we're going to have to dial that way back to like <laughs> 10 years old, right? So 10 years old. So you always um, knew from a young yeah, age. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Always. I mean, I remember I have a picture actually of when I was 10. I used to collect beanie babies. So I used to go um, to different stores and like all like the crazy beanie babies, right? Like the bears and like the crazy cats and things like that. And I had like the tag protectors and everything. And I, I remember in front of my grandmother's house, um, I set up like a yard sale to sell the beanie babies to make a profit off of them, right? And so, um, and I failed at that moment because I didn't sell one, right? Um, and I remember there's a picture of me like visibly stressed. I'm just like this, um, and holding like my like my temples and just like being just so stressed out and didn't sell one. So that was the first time where you know it was my entryway into entrepreneurship, but then also my entryway into like complete failure too. Um, and then I remember in seventh grade. Um, I actually wanted to go to a Washington DC trip, right? We grew up, I grew up really, really poor. So my parents are Vietnamese refugees. My dad, um, was a TV repairman. My mom was a seamstress. So she sewed clothes all day. And, um, 
So we didn't have a lot of money. So asking my parents, right, to go on this like Washington DC trip was a lot. And so what I did was um, I sold C's candy. So it was, you mm-hmm. bought it for 50 cents, you sold it for a dollar. So it made a pretty decent profit. And then I created like, um, my sister was, I actually was in eighth grade. My sister was in seventh grade. So I actually um, gave the candies to her friends to sell for me and then gave them a commission off of those, right? Um, And ended up making thousands of dollars and paying for my first flight ever. I had never flown a plane before that. So, um, and in fact, every single plane ticket I've bought on my own, um, my whole life. So, uh, so that was really exciting for me. And then, yeah. And then I started my first company, marriage education when I was 19 and then the rest is history. That's pretty awesome. I feel like, uh, it's cool to know that there was other, I I sold candy too. And I didn't know if that's like a, it's like a rite of passage (laughs) for immigrant like families. I feel like I did the same thing and I loved it. Like, I love your story. Thank you for sharing. What about yeah. you, Sarah? Like, what? How did you? What made you like decide I'm gonna be an entrepreneur? Um, well, you know, it's funny. We had some high school students come by um, who are in, in, interested in entrepreneurship, and I was like racking my brain. I was like, I want to give them like a good story, um, but I do think that I had a little bit of what Joan had. Um, I remember when I was in second grade, I would laminate um, and make bookmarks from you know tape. So I would like design something and then I would tape it and then I would sell them for like $2 oh. and um, no one asked me to do this. But the funny thing is once I started doing it and it started selling, other kids started doing it too, but I, I wasn't happy with their quality of product. And so I decided to exit the bookmark game. Um, so I think that was like my earliest memory, but um, you know, I started my first company, I think 26 and wow. you know, obviously didn't know any, I didn't know, um, what I was doing and, and, and failed. Um, I failed many times, but I think that if I think about all of the experiences I've had, you, I kind of needed to fail to, um, learn those experiences. And in a way, I think I've learned more from when things haven't worked, um, than when they do work, because sometimes it's not clear why it worked, but usually it's, it's pretty obvious why it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of fought it forever. I don't think I ever thought about being an entrepreneur. I think, you know, my, my parents, my dad was growing up, like he did a ton of different businesses, like, you know, mm-hmm. or he was kind of like a franchisee owner, you know, dry cleaners mm-hmm. and gas stations, but was, you know, or in real estate, he moved around. And so I saw him like, trying so many different things and failing and thriving and failing and thriving and kind of doing that. So I think I was like, uh, I'm going to go with like the corporate route when I started. Cause I just didn't see myself as like somebody that was going to come up with something. And so I, I, mine was like kind of a forced thing where it was like after doing the finance world and route in, in New York and I had like a, you know, Sarah mentioned something. I had a lip issue. I had all of a sudden had lip allergies around. Um, I developed a lip, ta- lip allergy around my lips and the skin was peeling so much that I was getting staph infections um, on a weekly basis and kind of going through that journey where I was so disempowered when I was walking into a store to feel like, hey, I should, I can buy this or this is going to be okay for me. That, that kind of, you know, that, that led to me getting really mad that I couldn't do this and get what I needed. And then when I got mad, I got into action. But I feel like I, I really like was someone's like, you're going to start something about this problem. And I was like, no, like this just needs to get fixed. But I didn't like connect that I could be the one to fix it. Um, but it's so interesting to hear you guys' stories as well. 
Sabrina, I actually, I, I really admire you because most people I who have been institutionalized, um, <laughs> you know, I think they have a really hard time, um, you know, starting a business and being good at it because you go from like so much structure to like no structure, right? And and oh, um, yeah. it, it takes a different kind of personality. So when I see someone who's been like successful in their corporate life and then um, start um, in a venture, I'm, I'm always super impressed. Well, thank you. I mean, I definitely went through quite a bit of failure as well, right? Like you're, you, you have these like notions that you just don't realize. And I think a big part of it, when you step into it much later, when you don't have the, the tests and trials that you guys did growing up, I feel like there's a bit of imposter syndrome too. And I, and we all experience it. Right. Mm-hmm. But there was, it was definitely like, wait, I have to start this thing. Like I have no idea what's happening. But once I talk to other entrepreneurs, you realize no matter what, we're all going through that thought process in some form. And we all have, um, and there is a much stronger community than you think there is once you open up and talk to people. And so, um, honestly, you kind of just black out, like when you kind of yeah. going through all of that, right? Like you're in the thick of things, it's especially I was a young, you know, I was a new mom too. Um, and then you're just kind of like, you just gotta just either something's got to click inside of you that you're going to power through it, or you're going to say, no, this is not going to work. And you know, you go elsewhere, but Thankfully, it, you know, it clicked at some point and I feel like, you know, it still continues to click in different moments. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it takes like that level of like um, almost like delusion, right? Like for you and, and anger and passion and like all of the extreme emotions to, totally. to kind of get you through everything because only somebody super crazy passionate about something would leave you know, a corporate paying job to start something new and start all over again, right? Um, only somebody crazy would be like at the brink of failure and keep on going and try to pivot, right? Only somebody crazy would have a great job and start all over again later in life, right? So I think yeah. there's like this um, uh, sort of like almost like crazy element. It's funny, like Sarah termed it being institutionalized, right? Like <laughs> So it's like, like we it. are kind of like institutionalized in a different way, right? Where we are kind of in this like, I I don't know, this like just mode of like creating something beautiful and passionate and big. And that comes with like, you kind of have to have compartmentalize your brain. Part of your brain has to be like hyper, of course, like practical, rational, like a a real thoughtful leader um, because you have to still run a company. But the other part of you has to be like a little delusional, a little crazy, a little mad, right? To create something. And then, and then you layer it on with kids. Like then we're really crazy, right? (laughs) Um, I guess I'm curious, like what's some advice you got, Joan, for if you're unsure about wanting to leap into it, like what would, if you were going to offer one, two, three tips, like what would they be? I mean, I think it's so it's so complex, right? I would say um, it just depends on so many things. I think for me, pers- I can speak personally, um, is I'm when I'm just hooked on something, again, it goes back to that whole delusion, right? When I'm hooked on something and I need to fix something or I need to do something, I just like feel like I have to do it. Um, and but when I think back at how I I, you know, ended here is, you know, one is I, I found a problem that was massive, right? So when you have a massive problem with a huge market to fix, and then also the incumbent is not that great, um, then then that's that kind of like, okay, yeah, we shouldn't probably make that move. We should probably make that leap and go for it. Um, 
second is, is, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village to honestly raise an entrepreneur, right? So, mm-hmm. so I feel like I have an amazing partner in my husband who is always like, okay, just go do your thing. I got this. He is like my, um, I call him like my sugar daddy and my like house husband at the same time because he's, you know, the right now as I'm in this startup mode, he is, you know, the um, the financier of of our household and also the caretaker of our children. And I feel very, very, very fortunate to have that. Um, so I feel like, you know, looking back, it's like all those things in place that sets me up for you know, success, right? Um, you know, having, again, something that's groundbreaking, a big market, uh, incumbents that are not that great. So it could be really disruptive. And then having a great support network, not just in my husband, but also my family, my parents, um, you know, my my siblings, like, I mean, just everybody is just so supportive. And it, it really took a village to raise me, you know, as an entrepreneur in my later life. And I think that's something that's very, very important. And I feel very blessed to have that. I love the parallel that you 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 drew between you know raising a child and raising um, a company in a way because I think mm-hmm. now um, now that I am raising a child I realize that um, you don't you don't make your child like your child reveals them reveal themselves to you and you're mm-hmm. you know kind of along for the journey and I and I feel that about businesses you know you may have an idea of what you what you want, but the market will tell you and, um, yep. and guide you into the thing. And I think you've done that like so beautifully with Bumo. And in a way I'm kind of like amazed at how it started because I don't think you could have had this big dream like day one, right? Like you kind of no, had to get no. into it and then see like, okay, here's a bigger problem. This is a bigger dream. And, and I love that. And you do have to be delusional to say, this is a big problem and I'm the one to fix it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Because I remember talking to my siblings who are a lot more practical, right? Uh, And they're like, so who's your competitor? I'm like, so-and-so. It's a billion-dollar company. Like, the billion-dollar company, Joan. I'm like, yes, I'm going after them. (laughs) So, you know, yes, you have to be that that kind of crazy. Um, But it's but it's so exciting, right? It's so exciting. Like, I wake up and it's it's like you, you get to build something and be part of it. Um, and, and that's, I think that's every entrepreneur feels that same way, right? Even though days are long, you're tired, it's hard, you deal with so much crap, but you wake up every day and you get to build something that is generational, which is the most exciting thing. That's awesome. Sabrina, did you have, um, (laughs) tips, advice for entrepreneurs? Oh man. Um, I've made so many mistakes, so I'm sure I have a ton more. But I think um, one thing that I've like been kind of set on a lot more recently and just thinking about it is like there's so many things um, when you start a business, like anything, a project, right? When you're starting something, there's so many paths and so many ways that you can go. And so it's – I think about this thing. It's like when you say no, that's a choice, but when you say yes, it's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you are only saying yes to the things that you're willing to own and wanting to move forward with. Because um, I feel sometimes like you get, it's easy to be in a reactionary state when you're building a business because someone's like, oh, do this idea or would make it this way. And you're like, okay, yeah. And you can, you can easily get like kind of distracted, I guess. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's even things that are important to do for the business. But I think that 
being really focused, being really intentional is really key. Um, I feel like the other thing is just making sure that whatever you're working on, maybe this is related. Like I, I really try to like sometimes when, as we've grown, there's been a lot more noise that comes into the business and it's all things that you think should happen. But whenever I've been able to like cut out the noise and just focus on the tasks that really help grow the business that helps like really move the business forward. Cause sometimes even when you're working on your business, we're like, Oh, I can work on the website and I can work on like the legal things or like the little other tasks. But when you're in like build and grow mode, you have to realize sometimes to just like pause those things and just focus on getting to know your client, getting to know your customer, grow your product, the things that really grow the business, like intrinsically and give it value and give you the information to know, hey, you're on the right path. I think those are some of the key things that I would, I would think about. That's awesome. Um, I don't have too many advice. Um, Again, it it was top of mind because I did have to talk to these high school students. Um, I think for me, um, I, I kind of echo what, what you said, Sabrina, because I think what people don't realize about being an entrepreneur and being a founder is that you're responsible to grow the business. And that means you're the primary salesperson, you're, you know, the, the storyteller. And a lot of people want to build the product, but maybe don't necessarily want to grow the business. And that's a, it's, it's like a hat that you must wear. I think if you're a founder, um, and then I really believe in not doing things for how it looks. You know, I've made a lot of decisions and um, had to make like tough decisions where like maybe externally optics wise, it wasn't, um, it didn't look great or, you know, kind of like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, but in like a business way. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it really clouds your judgment if you start to make decisions um, based on how it's going to look and not whether it's the right, you know, decision for your business. So, um, this has been, um, super great. Thank you, Joan, for being our first guest. Um, as we leave, um, I wanted to ask you if there's anything new on the horizon, what does 2024 have in store? Yeah, no, first of all, super excited to be here. And thank you again for having me as your first guest. It's still like sinking in that I'm the first guest. So I'm really <laughs> excited about that. Um, but moving into 2024 now, I can't believe I'm saying 2024. It sounds like a weird number I know. Um, that's like not real because I feel like it's still 2021. But um, we are very excited about working with employers. Um, we are very excited about supporting working parents and we are excited about our mission as a tech-enabled company that is set out to build solutions for parents um, and, and really solidifying ourselves, not as a child care company, but Bumo truly is a parent care company. We take care mm-hmm. of parents, and that is our mission. And we are excited about what's ahead, working with um, employers, working with working parents, and just being a great support system. Um, for those in need of childcare, on-demand, school-age camps, um, and into, you know, middle school and college admissions help. Awesome. Sabrina, you have to sign up for the Bumo Corporate pro- Program. I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on the website right after this and, and going to ping your, your, your customer success team to get me started. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, thanks, guys, again. This is so fun. Thank you so Thank much. You. And now, Sarah, it's time for our quote of the month. Do you want to go first? Sure. 
my quote kind of related to our conversation with um, Joan has to do with failure. I love this quote. It is, failure is the key to success. Each mistake teaches us something. And I love that quote because there's a lot of things that are said about failure to being like the beginning part of success or, you know, um, getting back up when you fail. But I love that this is actually saying that in order to succeed in a way, you have to fail. And I think that as entrepreneurs, um, we are succeeding, but we're also failing um, pretty regularly. And I think that it really helps me to know that when um, something fails, it's really, I'm closer to success than I was before. Yeah. I love that. Um, I feel like it just, we, we forget it so easily as entrepreneurs, but it's such a key reminder to just be comfortable with the failure and kind of embrace it. Um, so I, let's see what quote, Oh, I know what quote I got. Okay. So my quote is quote, when everything seems to be going against you, remember that an airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. End quote. Ooh, Ooh, right. I went to, you know, back in the, went back into the, into this, uh, my, um, library and found it. This one's from Henry Ford. And I think Mm -hmm. the reason I I picked this one is, you know, it's interesting when Joan tells us her story that literally she was about to launch her, uh, working space with kids and daycare kind of, you know, set up for March, 2020, and obviously the signs are going against you. And I, I guess the takeaway here is like, it's supposed to be hard. And when you're in the business yeah. of like trying to do something that's going to disrupt as all of our entrepreneur, you know, startup businesses are meant to do, it's going to feel like you're always going against the wind at some point. And sometimes at the most significant part of your business or where you think it's going to be significant. But I think that's, you know, just as a reminder that just to kind of embrace that and it's a good thing. And if that didn't happen to her, she wouldn't have pivoted the way she did and then opened up the classes like she did worldwide. And, and not only is she impacting, you know, kids and, and families in L.A., she was doing that all over the world. So I think, it you know, that's the reason I think this one is good and applies to um, this episode. I love that. I think and it's it's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that up. I need sometimes I need to to also feel like. Yes, we can fly against the wind. It's all good. (laughs) Yes, against the wind is good. (laughs) Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Follow us for more episodes on the Full Stack Beauty Podcast. (laughs) 